interview series about traveling in times of Corona. Today I'm interviewing Madruga. He's from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, traveling the world off and on since 2016. So he was traveling in Morocco when COVID surprised the world. He met a girl that joined his travels for a while. Later on, he was quarantined with her and her family, where he had to pretend that he is her fiancé just to stay with them. I'm very excited to hear about his story, traveling in times of Corona. If you like my videos, don't forget to subscribe and hit that like button. If you want to receive notifications when a new episode is out, ring that little bell. Alright, let's hear Madruga's story. Hi Madruga, thank you so much for jumping on this call with me. I'm really excited to hear about your story and experiences. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and where are you at the moment? So my name is Fabio Madruga. Everybody knows me by Madruga. It's like a nickname for a Mexican character. I can go deeper later. So I was born in Rio de Janeiro, you know, the carnival city, the colorful city, the sexy city of Brazil. Everybody wants to be there. Uh, and I spent, I guess, my whole life over there. And then I would start to, to feel that this was the life, you know. And uh, I have graduated in tourism, so I developed some tourism products to work with social tourism, so sustainable tourism. And I would start to do this in Rio de Janeiro, but it wasn't enough, you know. I want to see the world, I want to see everything, I want to see the old heritage sites, all the things that I was studying in the university, history, archaeology, architecture, this is the most thing that I like. And besides this, of course, nature, I love the nature. So I started traveling in Rio de Janeiro in my, in my own city just to know it better than on the state, the province of Rio de Janeiro. Later on, I was traveling in Brazil, the south part, going to Paraguay. And on Paraguay, I did my first volunteer in my life. So it was like a so breakage time for me and I see how, how it's easy to travel and how the people can help you, how the people have empathy, you know. So after that, as I have a Portuguese father, so I have dual citizen, I traveled to Europe. First I was in Netherlands because I have a girlfriend over there and doesn't work well. And I went to London and in London I was trying to make money and then travel, make money, travel, make plans and travel. And this is it, how it started. Oh, so you have a dual citizenship. That's why it was so easy for you to get to Europe and work here. So my father is from Portugal, from Viseu. It's a countryside city on the north part of Portugal. And my mother is from Rio de Janeiro. They met in Brazil. They, met, they made their whole life in Brazil. I have two brothers. They are Brazilian as well. And after that, I just get the dual citizen. I, I worked before in a cruise, cruising ship. It was like three years of my life. And by the time I was working in the cruising ship, then I realized how I want to travel with freedom. Because in the cruising ship, I was a waiter over there. And I was like, sorry for saying that, modern slavery. <laughs> this is the impression that I got for three years working in a cruising ship. And then I went to Netherlands, as I said before, and it was 
very easy. I just have to show the passport in the system. I don't even talk with a human being. So most of the time you have been traveling backpacking, right? Uh, I started backpacking in Brazil, as I said before, um, Rio de Janeiro, São Paulo, Paraná, all the south part of Brazil. And then I entered in South America in Paraguay. In Paraguay, I did one month of a volunteer. I came back to Rio de Janeiro and tried to make more plans. And then I learned about couch surfing. So I rented an apartment in the historical site of Rio de Janeiro. I started to receive travelers and That time it was amazing for me because I was receiving people from all over the world, people with no plans, people with a lot of plans, people with money, no money, people empathy, no empathy. So I just tried to build my traveling character, just heard it to these people and sharing the experience that they had before. And then I said, okay, now it's time for me to go to the world. Yeah, couch surfing is a really great way to get to new local people, to meet new people, to get to know different styles of traveling. I really appreciate this platform a lot. And I think there's like so many cool experiences you can get from traveling with couch surfing and like being hosted by different people. I love couch surfing and like 90% of my traveling. If I didn't enjoy camping because I love to do white camping and to camp in the outdoors, 100% of my travel is going to be couch surfing. So 90% of my travel is couch surfing. I really love couch surf. So every time I have a, a space here, even in London, I try to host people because here is more complicated because you, you share a room. But in Brazil, I was always doing couch surfing. So usually when you travel, you work a little bit and save up money and then you go travel again. Do I understand this right? Like, I'm using London as a base to make money and then to travel around the world. All right. So where have you been at when Corona started? Uh, last year was really stressful. No, I was just, okay, I need to travel because I just, I just I was, I was in the Balkans. I loved Kosovo. It was like, it's a country that is not recognized by the majority of the countries. Serbian says it's Serbian territory. And everybody was saying to me, oh, it's too dangerous, too dangerous, too dangerous. And I was there and I love it. And I say, okay, I need the feeling. I want to see more of the countries like this. And then I was in London, I was four months here working already and came December. So Christmas party here is, is very rush, busy and nobody cares about you in the job and you, you run, run, you do a lot of shifts. And I was, okay, I need a break. So December, I, I asked to my manager, okay, Uh, I need to go. I want to travel. So when it starts the new year, January, I want to get out. But maybe I can come back like in six months. And she said, okay, you can go. And then I heard about this. Oh, there is a virus in China, in Wuhan. Okay. Nothing, nothing, not a big deal. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Let's just go to Portugal. So I went to Portugal and to Lisboa to visit my cousin. And I want to travel Portugal, not to know my country, even though it's not my country. When I get to Portugal, was the middle of January, uh, I heard again about the coronavirus, but again, it was only on China situation. So it did not ruin my plans. I keep on my plans and I want to travel Portugal, Spain, and to see the northwest part of uh, Africa. You've been when, you, when Corona started in Morocco, right? Yeah, so <laughs> uh, this is, this is going to start the funny story. 
for everybody, not for me. Uh, and I started in, in the middle because Lisboa, and then I always went to the south by the coast. When I was in Algarve, I fell in love. I was about to stay just two weeks, but I stayed one month. I rent a place, and I, even though I, I went, I rent by Airbnb, I was doing couch surfing. <laughs> so I received some travelers in Algarve, in Portimao, and I love it. I was trekking every day. I was going to a different uh, beach, and I see the whole coast. And I, and I went to the border with Spain. Okay, so I see a very, very, very cheap flight to Morocco. It was 90 euro. Because my plan was to go from the border. Nine euro? Nine euro to go to Tangier in Morocco. Okay. And I was, okay. I just go to the coast and then I got to Tariha and I catch the, the cruise, you know, I just cruise by boat. Okay, I do this. But then I say this flight and I was in Faro in Portugal and I say, okay, nine euros is so cheap. It's better to go now. It was like the end of February. It's better to go now and see what happens. So I went to Morocco. So I was, because my dream is to know Africa. So I was in Tangier, the flight was there, and then I found a couch surfing, was okay. And then I went to Casablanca, Casablanca was okay. But it started to be like a big deal in the coronavirus because it was spreading through Italy, France, UK, and Spain. And you know that Spain has a border of Morocco, like a, it's a stretch over there, close to Gibraltar. Uh, and then I was okay. But Morocco was like, Okay, uh, just, we're just collecting data, just ask for your ID, where you have been, where you're from. You don't need to do anything like further. Where you're gonna stay? Okay, you can make, be in contact with you. Okay, okay. Let's, let's continue traveling. And then after Casablanca, I went to Marrakech, I went to the Tabucan Mountains, Aisne, and then I went to Ozazaj. When I was in Ozazaj, I was about to go to the Sahara Desert. It was like, my last destination to go in the Sahara Desert. But I want to do white camping. I don't want to do this ages and stuff. No, no, I want to be by myself. But when I was in Casablanca, I used the hangout of Couchsurfing. And then I met a Moroccan girl that she wanted to improve her English. And then we started to talk in Casablanca. She showed me the city, da, da, da. And she said, you are traveling Morocco? Yes, I'm traveling Morocco. Can I join you? So, yes, you can join me. Okay, so what you gonna do tomorrow? Tomorrow I have a, a train to go to Marrakesh and I'm gonna meet a friend of mine. I have a, a friend, he's gonna be there for three days in Marrakesh and then he wants to come back to another place, okay. I didn't took serious, okay. just a girl, she's not gonna come with me, okay. I was in the train station, she was there. Really? <laughs> this girl just met me, she's gonna travel with me, okay. We went to, Marrakesh. So I booked a hostel for three people in, when I was in the train. Um, me, her, and Bruno, my friend. But I didn't know that for a Moroccan girl, she cannot stay in the same room as me. She needs to marry me. And I didn't know about this information. When we got there, Bruno was already there. So the guy didn't ask for NIG. He just said, oh, Bruno is already here. Your friend is already here. You just can go. The room is number this. Okay. We went there, but she was on shock. She was like, I'm not sleeping with two guys. First of all, he's gay. <laughs> Doesn't matter what he's going to do. No, I cannot because I'm Muslim, blah, blah, blah. And she's trying to explain about the religion, about the culture, and I try to understand and I say, okay, if you want to, and she was about to leave. She doesn't want to stay anymore. 
went to get a ride in Marrakesh to see how the city, and then I started to talk to her, and then I convinced her to stay. So she stayed with us, was nice. If she was in, a, in one patch, she was a far of us. And then Bruno was about to go for a Sara Desert agency. He wanted to do this. He invited me and I said, no, I don't want to go. I want to do white camp. So she said to me, okay, I want to go further with you because my plan was to go to Senegal. She said, but you need to go to Casablanca and ask my mother to, for her accepting me to go with you. I said, really, I need to talk to her mother? Yeah, you need to talk to her mother. Okay, so Bruno went to the desert, Sarah. It's going to be a three-day uh, three ride. And then I came back to Casablanca. Okay. I was in Casablanca, and then I talked with her mother and her sister. And I explained to them, they like me, okay, Brazilian guy, blah, blah. He's not Muslim, but he's a, he's a nice guy. He shows some confidence for us. Okay, you can travel with this guy. And then her mother asked me, but you are friends? or something else. And then she just grabbed my hand and said, no, he's my boyfriend. I said, what? <laughs> I'm your what, your boyfriend? Because, uh, okay, we were dating, but it was like traveling date was nothing serious, you know? And then she just grabbed my hand and said, okay, you're gonna be my boyfriend. Okay, I'm gonna be your boyfriend, that's okay. And then we come back to Marrakesh, because I want to say goodbye to Bruno. But the day that Bruno was supposed to left was 11th of March. And my, and my birthday is the next day, 12th of March. So Bruno said, okay, let's go out and have some drinks. But there is no alcohol in Morocco. <laughs> it's a Muslim country. So it's expensive in not all the places that you can get. So we just drink juices. We spend my birthday. And then Bruno went to another city. And me and Amal, Amal is the, the name of the girl, we go to Aizni to go to the mountains to do the trekking in the Tabukau. We did over there, the Tabuka Mountains was Asni, and then we went to Orzazad. It's like the, the place that they do the movies, and so it's a big place. But by the time I was with Orzazad, I, I already know it's like a big tourist concentration. It's going to be like full of tourists. When I was there, it was like a ghost city. There was nobody, nobody over there. And then I started to realize, hey, there is something very serious going on. Or just some private uh, trips. So it was a tour guide, they come in a nice car, pick up the people in the hotel, go there, show the movie place, and then they come back. I was the only one like going around. And then for the first time, I heard the words, Corona, Corona. So some people will call me Corona because I'm not from there. Even though I don't look like Brazil or anything else, because she said that I can look like Morocco, but I have a lot of tattoos and I have this here, so they know that I'm not Morocco. So they called you Corona. They called me Corona. And, and you were saying some Arabic stuff. So she was translated. Because if, if I was alone, I'm not going to give uh, importance for this. But I was with a girl that speaks Arabic. And she was, she was translated to me. And when it was Azad, we have to make a decision. Because the government was start to not put any bus, any train from city to city. Just emergency. So just if you have to, to cross to another city. But if it's not for tourism or for just going out, you cannot do it anymore. And they say it's going to be on the 16th. And it was on the 14th that you were there in Ozazad. So we need to say, okay, we go to deserts, we stay in the tent, and you come back and get better, or we can go for another place. And then she said to me, okay, let's go to my place. I talk to my family. I explain the situation. You stay with me. Okay, so this is the decision. 
So then we start <laughs> all the things to get a little weird for me. She was speaking with her mother in the in the phone. It was a 12 hours bus ride for Zazad to Casablanca. So she was trying to convince her mother if I can stay until everything go normal, even if you don't know how, when it's gonna be this. And then she said, okay, you need to speak with your father. And her father li lives in another city, in Rabat, in the capital. But for this corona situation, they sent him home. So he will be home over there. So Omari's father was working in different cities. Yeah, he works and lives in another city, in Rabat. Okay, so what she said to me, that she spoke with her father and her father was okay. That I can say like for one, two weeks is okay. So I was okay. Let's, let's go. The first time I, I was there, her mother was very nice. I already knew her. I already know her sister. And then I met the other sister. So there is three girls, mother, and then the father was kind of as well. He does not speak English. Uh, just her, her sister speaks English. They speak Arabic. And her father speaks a little of French, but I don't speak French. So, okay. So I was there. He came and looked, gave him that eye like, what the heck are you doing here <laughs> with my daughter? And then he started to say something in Arabic. And then I just look at her. She was, you know, trying to say, no, it's not what you think, blah, 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 blah. I feel, okay, something's gonna work here. But the, the, her father was okay on the first week with me. He was trying to understand, trying to see where I came from, how's the Brazilian thing. He loves politics, so we were speaking politics. She's doing the translation. So, was okay by the time. Then, she told me that her father wants us to marry. And I say, what? But she make like this. Okay, we don't need to marry because we don't know each other. We are dating, I know, but for my family, I told him that you are engaged. <laughs> How you are engaged with me? We, we know each other one week. How can you say to them that you are engaged? I said, this is the only way for them to let you stay with me. And I said, but the problem is her house, there is only two rooms. So one room is for her mother and the other stay the sister. She was living in the, in the living room. She put like a, a wall made of paper and some plastic. And she just put some carpets on the floor and then this was her room. And she said to me to sleep with her over there. So, and I told her, I cannot sleep with you in the same place because you know how is the Muslim situation is. I will not sleep with you because it's going to be troubles for her. And, uh, and she said, there's no other place for you to sleep. Or you can sleep in the bathroom. This is it. I said, okay, okay. So I always see that Every time her father was coming to the living room, he was looking and I was <laughs> just getting afar for her. Yeah, you know, I'm not such a daughter. I just, just read the book here, okay? We are cool here. <laughs> and then he was just saying some things in Arabic and she was never translated these things. So every time she, he saw us together, he would say some Arabic words. Her mother was like to, okay, let's, let's be okay talk to her, to her husband and try to see the situation, try to solve, try to him to understand, hey, have a little empathy, you know, 
this guy, there's no place for him to be. There is no host. There is no hotel. He cannot fly back to any place. Okay. So the time I was in her place, there was no flights, not even to Spain, not even to Portugal. There was the the traffic, the, the cross that they make by the boat. It was closed as well. And Morocco was not receiving any flights. And then it starts to, so some rumors about uh, repatriation flights. And then I, I, I tried to enter in contact with both uh, consuls, Brazil and uh, Portugal. Try to see if they have a solution for me. I explain my situation, but they say, there's nothing we can do now. There's nothing we can do. We'll try to repatriate you as much as you can. But now in Africa, we don't have anything going on over there. Okay, I have to wait. So I was waiting, and then one day I was sleeping, and then I'm out just, hey, wake up, wake up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you need to go now. We need to go now. Where? Uh, we're going to marry. What? We're going to watch? <laughs> yeah, we need to marry now. Watch. And then her father was pick up some papers, some documents, and yeah, go, go. Go where? Yeah, we need to marry now. No, I, I will not marry you. Come on, you're just silly. No, because if you're not married, they're going to curse me. And she was very afraid about uh, the situation when I leave, because when I leave, she's going to be very bad for her. Because she received a guy that wasn't her husband and her parents were over there and they never been in a situation like this. So I, I tried to understand her side, but I can't marry this girl. <laughs> I cannot do this. I said, no, I can't do this. Make some excuses for him. No, I'm not going. And then she said something and then the, her father was very mad, very pissed. He just slammed the door and go outside. And another situation over there, besides her father, is her mother. Her mother does not believe in the virus. So uh, we were jogging outside, you know, running in the streets. But every time we come back, she came with a, a match sign, like uh, some leaves. And she said to me that this is okay for the corona, because there is no corona. So you just take this and it's going to be okay. You, can, you don't need to do anything. And I said, really? Yeah, it's just something that China invented, you know, politics. I said, no, <laughs> this is very serious. Don't do this. And they, they weren't use masks. They, they wouldn't take showers after they come home. So I was a little concerned about myself. Okay, <laughs> these people, they do not care about the virus. They don't care about the situation. And, it's, and it was getting very huge in, in Morocco. They start to get a lot of cases in Morocco and the health system in Morocco is not that good. And there's a lot of immigrants in Morocco. So when I was jogging, I would just see some people on the street just begging for money, begging for food. And I would start to feel, okay, I need to go. I need to go because I don't belong here. If something happened to me, I don't really know what I can do myself. And then finally, Portugal sent me an email that they're going to be a repatriation flight to Spain. But when I received this news, it was like, okay, you know, like the heart of the corona now is Madrid. And you are sending me to Madrid. <laughs> this is a solution. <laughs> and I say, yes, this is our solution. You need to go to Madrid and you need to stay three days in Madrid. And then after that, we're going to send you a bus to cross to Portugal. I say, no, you are kidding. Yeah, so it was like the only solution because Brazil... Brazil does, I'm sorry, but Brazil does not care about you. <laughs> but like, okay, Brazil, we don't, we don't know what to do. 
okay, so I need to go to Portugal. I need to come back because I have a cousin over there. And then the first, the, the first, they say, okay, it's going to be in two days. We need to give you a document, you give it to ID, okay, it's going to be okay, blah, 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 okay. You need to go to the airport of Casablanca, it's going to be from Casablanca, okay. So this is closed. So I told to Amal and she said, no, don't leave me, please, don't leave me, don't leave me. I said, this situation here, we cannot afford this situation, I need to go. We're going to be in contact and it's going to be okay, but now I need to leave. Okay, so I went to the airport. When I was in the airport, came a guy from the Spanish immigration and he was saying, okay, so I saw, I saw the airplane. The airplane was there and they say, so we have a problem in the engineer, we cannot uh, fly. How come? And there was a lot of military people of Morocco over there. And I said, no, there's something going on because the plane is there. Everything was set up. And they say, okay, I'm really sorry, so you have to come to go home. We're gonna send you a mail. And then I came home <laughs> and then I'm out. What you're doing here? So um, the reportation flight didn't work. They're gonna send me another flight. The time I put the, my foot inside of the house, her father was saying a lot of things in Arabic for me and for her. And she would say, okay, he doesn't want you to stay here. And I say, what am I supposed to go? To the streets. I don't know. I don't know where it's supposed to go, but you cannot stay here. I said, no, I don't have where to go. It's going to be like one, two days, please. And then she was speaking with her father. Okay. She's going to allow you to stay two days. Okay. I stay. Finally, they, they send me another mail with another flight details. Okay. You're going to go to Madrid. You're going to stay three days in Madrid. Then you're going to send you a bus and then across the border. Okay. Okay. And then she was again, please. Don't leave me because it's going to be like a real bad situation after you leave. Marry me. And she was like, very serious when me. look at my eyes and marry me. And I say, do you love me? I can learn how to love you. <laughs> Are you crazy? Don't do this, okay? Just to stay in life. We're going to find a solution for everybody, okay? But I need to go. So finally, I went back. Uh, I go to the airport. Was everything okay? I flew to... Madrid. I stayed three days in the airport. When I was in, in the airport, it was like very weird because it was just the military, it was just the police over there in Madrid. And they say, uh, you can't stay in the, in, in, in the airport unless you have a flight. I, say, I don't have a flight. But, and then I showed the email to them and they say, we don't care. This is Spain, it's not Porto. Where am I supposed to go? And he say, there's only one hostel that are receiving people here. And then I, I searched off the, the hotel. He was charging like 10 times the price. We we're just trying to get money about this weird situation. And I said, hey, I can't afford this. And I said, I'm sorry. Say, okay. So the first time I went out of the, the first night I went out of the airport, I waited to be like midnight, 1 a.m. And then I come back on the back. I was like, okay, nobody's looking at me. And I just covered myself in my sleeping bag and I stayed there. And then seven o'clock, the guys, hey, hey, you need to leave. You have a flight ticket? And I say, uh, yeah, yes, I have a flight ticket. Can you show me? Uh, 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 and they just, okay, you stay here, but four o'clock, you need to go. Okay. And then I was, okay, I, I was watching all the police, see how they was going around, and I was just 
skip it for day, skip it for day, skip it for day. I stay like in the in the bathroom, close, lock. <sighs> okay, and after I came back, it was okay in the night. And the next day, finally, Portugal sent us a, a bus. So comes a bus, but the thing is, this guy is from Spain. He doesn't know the itinerary to go to Portugal. And he was, anybody here know how to get to Portugal? <laughs> and it was 90 people on the bus. And we were like, you never went to Portugal? No, I never been to Portugal. This is a, a local, local bus from Madrid. I say, unbelievable. <laughs> And uh, I send in, uh, uh, I, get the, I got the WhatsApp from the girl from the immigration from Portugal and I was talking to her, hey, what's going on? The guy doesn't know how to get to Lisboa. No, 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 it's okay, we're gonna talk to him. And, okay, so he was like very slowly because it took like 16 hours from Madrid to Lisboa, 16 hours in a bus. And I said, oh, really? <laughs> My gosh. And then when you got to, when you crossed the border, in the border, in, it was in Elvis that we crossed, they asked everybody to get out of the, the bus. We, they checked our temperature. They asked for ID. Just Portuguese citizens can enter. They don't care if you, ah, I live in Portugal, but I'm from Italy. They don't care. You have to be, to have the passport of Portugal. So they look at everything, they check, they let you in. And then you go to Lisboa, they're okay, you are on your own. And then I finally went to my cousin's place. You've been really relieved when you finally reached your cousin's place. Like, how did you feel? What was going on in your head? I started because uh, the situation in, in this girl's place, the Amal's place, was very weird. Uh, when I got to Portugal, she was explaining to me everything that her father was saying in Arabic. So I got there, I was like stressful, tired, uh, hopeless, because I planned like a long time to go to, to do this itinerary. And then with like the frustration, oh, I can't do it, but I can understand. And I have a lot of empathy for people. And she saved my life. Amal saved my life. And after I left her, she was dealing with a lot of stuff, you know, complicated stuff because of her religion, her beliefs. And the guilt is on me. So I was feeling very, very bad. I tried to, to explain this thing for my cousin, but my feeling was, okay, I'm finally here, but oh, I did a terrible, a terrible thing, but I didn't have any choice. And the, the other thing that you, about the, so I, when I was in Osazaj, I felt that the people will really punch me, you know, fight with me. Because Osazaj like a, going to a desert, like a hundred kilometers from the desert. So it's like countryside part of Morocco. It's not a big city. The, the levels of education and health is very low. So the people, they don't have some, they don't know how to do judgments. So they were calling me Corona. Every time I was walking with her, we were like hand by hand. And they were calling her bad names to be with a guy from outside of Morocco. And they were calling me Corona. And on the night we saw some guys and they were like really going in front of me and say, Corona, Corona, in saying Arabic and she was saying, no, they say that you are bringing Corona, they say that you need to go, that you cannot stay here. And I say, oh, I want to go. <laughs> Buy me a flight, okay, show me something. So when I was with Azach, I was really, okay, something really bad. So how long did you stay with Omari in the end? So 
I met her in the beginning of March. I left to Morocco in the end of April. We stayed almost two months together. So how was the social interaction with you and the people in Morocco in times of Corona? Well, <laughs> as I'm not Muslim, it was a little difficult. And because we were in Marrakech, Marrakech is a really open-minded city. So there's a lot of tourists falling off the world. And that time, even though of Corona, there were some tourists over there. So besides the problem in the hotel that I didn't know that she can stay, but the guy didn't check the ID was okay, but uh, when, when we were in Marrakesh, we were walking like hand in hand, like a boyfriend and girlfriend. And oh, some guy, sorry? You were holding hands. Yeah, we were holding hands, me and this girl. But some guys, they recognized that she was from Morocco and recognized that I'm not from Morocco. So some stupid of them say stupid things, you know, because they say that some girls of Morocco just want to, a guy from outside to marry and get the citizen and get out of Morocco. Okay. So after Marrakesh, we went to the mountains. So on the mountains was, on the mountains, I remember something. On the mountains, we went to Azni and then we went to Talak Uku. This is a small village. It's a Berber village. And... We were there to meet a South African friend of mine that she was doing some volunteering job teaching English for girls. So she said that in the school, she, the girl can stay with her, but I can't, just for female. Okay. And she said, oh, but there is a, it's not a hostel, it's a bad breakfast, and the guy has some rules. Maybe you can talk to him, you know, this current situation, there is no tourists in here. Maybe he can make a good price for you. So we went there. By the time we were there, I already knew about this thing. Okay, so they're going to ask you if you're a Morocco. You don't see your Morocco. I'm going to teach you some Portuguese words. You can just pretend you are Portuguese, the same as me. And say, okay. Went there, but the guy did not speak English. <laughs> he just speak French and Berber. He does not even speak Arabic. Because he was a really Berber guy. And then he was just trying to communicate in French. I, I know some words in French. And then I was trying to speak with him. Amal, she speaks French, but I don't want her to interact with him because maybe he can discover, hey, you are from Morocco. <laughs> and then he, okay, you have a room here, you can stay, it's gonna be this price. And I say, okay, it's good. Okay, I just need your passport. Okay, we're gonna just put the bag inside and then I come back. Okay, so I pick up my Portuguese passport and my Brazilian passport. And I was okay. I'm gonna keep this passport. I'm not gonna show him the picture, I'm just gonna show the cover. And then he was he was in a you know like an officer room, he was with a big notebook over there, and he was like uh uh and he said, Okay, uh, he just turned the notebook and like fill up the data here. Okay, <laughs> I just fill up everything. I, I use the whole information of my IG, except the name. I just give you like a Brazilian name for her. And, uh, and uh, she, Brazilian, yeah, yeah, she Brazilian, Portuguese. Ah, oh, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Morning, he just prepared like a huge breakfast, a lot of very bad breakfast, cuisine, I really enjoyed. But he was like, I, I saw that he was like, look at us, we are talking, then I guess he was thinking. 
if they both speak Portuguese, why they don't speak Portuguese? Why <laughs> 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 they don't speak English? It was like giving that look to me, but okay, they paid, they're gonna leave now, no big deal. And then I say, oh, okay. So after the mountain, we did the track and, and then we went to Ozazaj. Ozazaj was, was the scary part because we, we got a couch surfing over there and the guy was really amazing. Even so that was when you were traveling together before Corona, before the quarantine at her, at her family's place. No, this was, this was in the, it was in March. So Corona was already happening in Morocco. It was starting to be a big thing, but it was like low cases, no deaths in Morocco. So which was a little okay. They just say, okay, use masks, sanitize your hands, wash your hands. You know, give some space for people. Don't. It was like just some advice. It was not a big thing. And I always was a site. It's a small city, a tourist city. When we were there, then I started to hear some Corona, Corona. Some kids passing for me. Corona, Corona. I say okay. And then they say some Arabic stuff, and then she was translating. Ah, they say that you are bringing Corona to them. Blah, blah. Yeah, okay, very nice of them. And was that we caught a, a couch surfing. But this culture was, uh, for me, it's okay. These guys live in a room with three guys, and there is no bathroom. There's no bathroom. There's a hole. There's a hole over there, and that is it. I really don't care. But I was with a girl, and then she was like, this is the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. I can't stay here. Yeah, but... Uh, there is no hostel because there is no hotel. There is no anything. I, I understand you can. I can rent a. I can pay for a hostel for us, but there is no hostel. So I tried to find another couch surfing, and then I found a guy that he had a hotel over there, and he was doing. He was like doing some scan. This guy, because he just asked for people from outside Morocco to give the passport. I guess he was pretending that you were staying over there. We put the data, and then we received some money of the government. Bang. Well, I don't care. So I went to this hotel and then guy was, okay, okay, okay. Just coming here and then he was talking to me and then he was, he said something Arabic, bah. And then I didn't understand. And then she answered. And then he looked at me, she's Moroccan. Yes, yeah, she's Moroccan. She's your wife? No, she's not my wife. Oh, you cannot stay in the same room. And I don't even know if you can stay together here. I said, okay, just a, just a second. Can you give me your passport? So he took her passport, he took my passport, he went down to talk to the manager and we were waiting over there. I said, okay, if, if you cannot stay in the same room, there's no problem. At least you're going to have a room, a bathroom, you're going to feel better. Okay. So he came back and he said, okay, she cannot, uh, you cannot stay together. Okay, not a problem. And then he was talking with me and then, okay, I'm going to prepare a dinner for you. It's going to be a tahin. Tahin is amazing, by the way. And then we're going to prepare tahin. Okay, so I was preparing the things. Of, I'm going to prepare my camera, take some pictures. I was looking at the hotel. has a big view of the city. And then he sits by the side of Amal. And he, they start to speak Arabic. And then she was like, or fine. I said, what the fuck is this guy saying to her? And then he went off celebrating. And then he said, hey, you know, he asked me how much I charge. How much you charge? For what? He think I'm a whore. What? He said this to you? Yes. Oh, I was so pissed And then she was, okay, don't, don't do anything. Don't do anything because, you know, this city, they already call you Corona. So if you do something here, something bad can happen. I was, okay. 
I was just pretend I didn't hear anything. So we stayed that night over there. She's staying in one room. I stay in another room. But I was like checking all the time because I do not trust this guy. I don't know what this guy wants to do. On the next day, we were we have to decide. Okay, we go to the desert or we come back to another place. And she, okay, I'm gonna speak to my mother. And then we were like in, in a restaurant, have lunch. And then some guys were like in a table close to us and they would say, uh, Corona, I just understand Corona. Corona, Corona, but she wasn't understand anything. And okay, okay. And they are pointing at me, Corona. It were like three guys and I say, okay, I'm a, what do I say? Oh, they don't want you to stay here. Why? They say that you bring Corona, that you have to go. I don't have where to go, but they don't want you here. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I said, okay. So, and you were walking to the city, to the city. Everybody was calling me Corona. Everybody was look at us. And then I was start, okay. If I'm alone, I know how to deal, but I'm with somebody here as a girl. I don't know what this, these people can do it because you know, this thing can get really bad here. And if they do something, I'm going to react. So I talked to her. I think the best for us is to stop our traveling now. We cannot go any further. Let's wait. And then she said, okay, I already spoke to my mother. We're going to come back to my mother. And then we deal with the situation with my father. Okay, so this is it. So the next day, we just pack our stuff and catch the bus to Casablanca again. And that's where you stayed until you got back to Portugal. Yeah, there I stay until I come back to Portugal, yeah. So what was your travel plan before Corona meshed it all up? When I was, when I was finishing in London, I was, okay, I want to know Portugal because like it's the birthplace of my father, my grandmother, my grandfather, all, all about the part of my father. I want to go to Brazil, so I want to see the whole Portugal and do like walk on the coast until Spain. Then went to Morocco and go into Senegal, then Senegal to catch a flight to, to go to Barcelona and, and go until the Pyrenees and then like go to like the whole coast, Pyrenees and go to the north part of Spain and then do the Compostela to finish doing the Santiago de Compostela trekking. So this was my plan. But I didn't get to know anything in Spain. <laughs> So this is the kind of story and experience that not many people can tell, huh? I have, but you know, um, after I, I come back to Portugal and then I went back to Brazil, in this pandemic I stayed in Brazil, I tried to deal with the situation with Amal and it wasn't good for her. So I'm really sorry about this thing that happened between us because her parents were, was calling her a lot of bad names. They were cursing her. They were saying that she's not allowed to travel outside Morocco, that she, he's going to choose a husband for her, and she had to accept everything. So she's not talking to me anymore. She blocked me in all the social medias, even though I tried to explain it was not my fault. But she blamed me. She just said that, I asked you to stay. You prefer to leave. Now I'm living this life. And... You are the one to blame. Okay, if you want to do this way. So this parents was very good to be in Morocco, you no? Know? And to stay with a Muslim family for me was very good to see how is the routine of them. But with this girl, so I have this feeling that okay, I never had to do this again, you no, know? don't don't do this because you, you can ruin somebody else's life. So 
it's like dual feeling that I have now. Yeah, I understand. Like you had no bad intentions at all, and the outcome just wasn't was not in your control. You just couldn't influence, or you, you just had no other choice in like staying there for quarantine, and then it just really got out of hand. Because uh, uh, her birthday was in the end of uh, April, and then I prepared a surprise for her. You no, know? I asked for my friends to send some postcards saying happy birthday in her language, in Arabic, and on their own language. So everybody was taking pictures about beautiful places and postal cards saying, okay, happy birthday, Amal, happy birthday, Amal. And then I collected this. I do some videos for her with our pictures, with Moroccan pictures. And then I sent to her and she said, okay, it's really nice, but don't talk to me again. Oh, I'm sorry that the story had to end this way. Yes, but I understand her, you know, even though I don't agree, I really understand her. So what are your further travel plans? I'm back to London. <laughs> uh, I'm planning to come back to Morocco because uh, I made some friends in other cities. Uh, I, I brought some food from Brazil to them. I want to finish Morocco because uh, I didn't saw the Sahara Desert, so I didn't saw the south part of Morocco. And now I want to go further into the Ivory Coast. So now it's a big traveling that I want to do in Africa. So where can people follow your journey? Do you have social media or any pages that you want to share with us? So, yes, yeah, so I'm just creating now uh, Instagram. Have like one month. It's Sagamundo is a Portuguese name, but don't get tricked. I write in English and in Portuguese, so every, everybody can understand. And then I want to do a YouTube video, YouTube channel as well with the same name, Saga Mundo. I'm definitely looking forward to following your journey. Let's keep in touch. And thank you so much for jumping on this call with me. It has been very interesting, a very special story, a one-of-a-kind experience. So thank you again for sharing all of this with me, with us. And thank you for the opportunity to share my story with some more people, you know, and just to show the people how couchsurfing works, how good is couchsurfing, and how good it is to travel the world and the bunch of surprises that can happen while you're traveling. Yes, very true. Expect the unexpected. Yes, a lot of unexpected stuff, and you just have to deal with this. Thank you so much, Madruga. Have a great day and until next time. Bye. Bye bye. Guys, thank you so much for watching. If you like my videos, don't forget to like and subscribe and hit that notification bell button to get notified when I launch the next episode of Traveling in Times of Corona. I am as well working on creating a bunch of more content, inspiring you guys to lead a more adventurous life and give you tools and resources to do so.